Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Farig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfarig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfarig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films. So they do videography and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, other guys outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupuru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them, and let's jump into the episode. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Red Hunters podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking with Jeremy uh, about balancing life and hunting. So go ahead, and Jeremy. Uh, I'm Jeremy Harvey. Uh, I'm the founder of, founder if you want to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the main person from Huntfish365. Um, it's a, just an Instagram and YouTube channel that I started back when I was uh, in high school and college about four or five years ago. Um, we do it all. I mean, if you can find it in Nebraska, we like to hunt it, and we like to fish for it. Um, some of us like to fish more than others, and some of us like to hunt more than others. Um, so you guys, uh, so talking about social media a little bit, for people who can find a big positive aspect to social media, that actually is how we got connected. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's listening, I we actually connected between YouTube. Uh, like we got started on the Big Red Hunters YouTube about a year ago. Uh, I would watch his stuff. 
uh, saw him and what he was doing, really uh, saw him as an ethical hunter. And at that point, I reached out to him on, on I think it was Instagram. Um, we actually connected over scouting, I think. Yeah, we started talking about um, some duck spots this last September. Yeah. And we we just kept saying, hey, let's get together and go hunt. Yeah. And finally did. It was, that was crazy because, okay, so for listeners, it was like early season, but we won't get into it too much, but our early season for, at least for me, was not very good. I think a lot of ducks skipped us and we had a lot of conversations about that. I actually had a decent October, but yeah. November and December just were so <laughs> bad for me. I, yeah, I had similar experience, but it was like, I think it was open. Was it the second weekend or open? I think it was weekend? the second weekend. Second weekend. And like we had a big push of ducks behind a uh, cold front that opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And then that, that following weekend, it just decided to get warm again. Yeah. So the most of the ducks had pushed out and the ones that were there had been shot at all week and well, they I, were not very. You just had happened to find a good spot that I don't think yeah. anybody had been in. And like we all went into it like, hey, if we shoot a duck, we shoot a duck. Well, shoot a I, duck. Man, it, there's quite a few ducks there and I. I had looked for most of that day, and I was like, there's not a lot around. And I was like, oh, well, boy. I, I had spent all my days before <laughs> down south looking for birds. I couldn't find anything. That's just, it just was nothing. It is what it is, but we had a great hunt. Uh, if you like YouTube, you like those videos, we have it up. I think on mine it's uh, shooting our first pintails and mallards, I think, is on my account. My, um, the name of my video is finishing the Nebraska Duck Slam because I shot my mallard and my pintail that day. I to this day I still feel bad about that widgeon. Like, okay, so for oh. listeners, so we're hunting. We hunted the Saturday, had a great time. Went back the Sunday, took a couple of new hunters out with us, and uh, this I think it was a wood duck came in pretty early. It was like right yeah. after shooting time. So shot it. Nalo was still getting um, getting some experience, and I she didn't see it go down. So I was took her over there and pointed it out, sent her off, and I you just like looked up and you're like. Hey, stop, get down. And I was like, what? Look over, and there's just Widgeon just hovering right over the decoys. And I kind of just kind of like bent over and was hoping that it would like go up. And you're like, hey, can my dad shoot that for his slam? And I was like, we're we're in the middle of this whole conversation. Here's this Widgeon just like. I I mean, five feet off the water, just (laughs) hovering, like just everything you picture about a duck, just Uh, committing to the decoys. And so we're in this middle of this conversation. And I was like, yeah, you can shoot it. And you're like. Nah, it's gonna leave. Just shoot it. So it started to take off and just like pop. And I was like, well, oh. the big, the big thing and safety first. Unfortunately, because you were going to get that wood duck. That yeah. actually, I think, I think I shot that wood duck. Yeah, you if did. I remember right. Um, you just happened to be standing in front of me and my dad at that point, and yeah. I hoped it would fly by, but I don't think it was. I think it was gonna land. I think I, it was just gonna sit down on the water, and yeah. I was like, that ah, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, our experience. We hunted together. Uh, we connected again and. We'll kind of go into how we connected and why we did. Uh, but uh, before we kind of jump into that, I've got to hear this story about this turkey hunt. Oh, everybody wants to hear about the turkey hunt. <laughs> Everybody's always asking me about turkey hunting because it's like if I could choose one thing, honestly, I probably would choose turkey hunting. It's yeah. so fun. Um, well, we want to see. It's been about a week and a half. Yeah, it was uh, be two weeks this coming Thursday. I went out for my dad, my dad's birthday. Um, and, uh, me and my dad and my cousin, we get, we walk like two miles back into the spot cause we're public land hunters. I mean, yeah. we don't got a whole lot of private, but we get all the way back in there about 25 minutes before we go shooting light and we sit down 
along the, in this tree line, there's a field behind us and there's this road that the birds like to come on and strut on and whatnot. And I sit down to look up and there's like, there ended up being 11 hens in those trees right in front of us, 40, 50 yards. And I couldn't see the Tom, but, um, I, until he flew down, um, but we were just sitting there and about 10, 15 minutes later, he just fired off. I mean, (laughs) absolutely just thunder. It was still morning. So it was like, he was right above you Yeah, and I didn't see him until he flew down, but they, uh, there was this little ditch right right below the road that we were watching, and the hens just kind of, some of them landed on the road, and some of them just started piling onto the road um, from the ditch, and then they hopped over the road, and they came and walked within 15 yards of me going into the field that was behind us. And me and my cousin are sitting right next to each other, which... Uh, for anybody who's ever been on my channel, my cousin that I'm talking about is Terrell. Um, I can't send you to a video about this because I was not with a camera that day and yep. didn't really try. We were just trying to get out, but he was sitting right next to me. He's never shot a turkey. He has been with me a couple times when I've shot turkeys because yeah. it just doesn't ever work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was he was so he was right next to me, and really wasn't in a great spot to shoot at anything and was asking to switch spots um, with me. And I was like, we got birds looking at us already. We can't, we can't move. Yeah. And so they're walking, like, which for anybody, because you're not going to see it, like we're sitting in a line and all the bird, like trails in the middle and I'm on the right of the three of us and they're all walking to my right. I mean, trails facing that direction, but there's a lot of brush. and yeah. all, So the, all the hens come over. I get to hen number 11 and me and Trell are talking back and forth. I was like, there is no way. There's 11 hens. We've heard this, Tom. We can't see him. Yeah. He's going to come up, come over the road. And about that time, I looked at the hens one more time going into the field to see how far they had gone. And I looked back, and he's just in the road, just full strut. <laughs> like, I mean, he, hey, I, I, looked, I looked away <laughs> for half a second, and he just pops up pops up onto the road and he's there and he wasn't making any more noise we heard him gobble a few more times after he hit the ground but um and i was like all right trail he's on the road he's on the road get ready because i really wanted to get him a bird i was really more there for him and uh like in fact i had my gun across my lap i didn't even have it shouldered or anything yeah and i was like all right i think he's gonna walk up the road and he had about a really good hole that he could shoot this bird in and about five yards before he hits that hole, he turns 90 degrees, drops the ditch, and follows the same path as the hens. <laughs> and I just, my heart dropped for Terrell. He could have swung and shot the bird, but he would have, I would not be, I would never hear again in my life if he had swung and shot that bird. Yeah. And I was like, Terrell, I'm really sorry, but you're going to blow my eardrums out. I can't let you shoot this bird. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, and so he just walked up 20 yards. I just slowly moved my gun to my shoulder because I really, I was more interested in trail shooting, so I wasn't ready. And I just slowly moved it up, put it up, and boom. flopped him. I mean, he just, the last thing he heard was just a big boom. <laughs> yeah, uh, poor Terrell. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I literally, I shot, I pulled the trigger, and, like, you get that hunter's high where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that went... 
the way you dream about. I didn't have to do a whole lot of calling. We were in the right spot. Yeah. They, I mean, 15 yards. Um, I, I had that moment for like a split second, and then I just turned to trail. I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> you to shoot that bird, but it just did not work that way. <laughs> because he was, I mean, he was going to walk into the field. We would have never been able to swing for anybody to shoot it if he'd gotten past me. Yeah. Not even my dad. I mean, for safety issues and distance. I mean, yeah. So. Sounds like me and Pintails. Pintail Drake's just, speaking of Pintail Drake's, the one you shot over me. Yeah. That group that came in, you got one and I got a hen. And then I, it happens all the time with Jared. If there's anything with a sprig, he's he's got sniper eyes, and next thing you know, it's just gone. That's that's me for my group. Not this last That was the only Pintail I shot all last year. Oh, nice. And um, But the year before, I shot like six or seven. Yeah. And at least two or three of them came on hunts where, like, I'm trying to get my dad one of them or my other buddy Micah one. Yeah. And um, there's, I have it on video. There's one video where Micah's trying to shoot this pintail. I let him shoot at it three times. He missed it all three times. And I just raised up and stoned it. It was the best-looking pintail I shot all year, too. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you're, you're the one who in the group that doesn't get them. But in my group, I'm the yeah. one that just, like, it's like... I spent first couple years of my hunting searching for the pintails, and yeah. now in October I can't can't get rid of them. I just, yeah. they won't they won't go away. And I had one opportunity in November this year on some really nice pintails. Yeah. Had three jakes and a hen at a place I'd never seen pintails before. Do it dirty if I had been hunting by myself. Yeah, but um. My dad was the one who should have made the call. He just didn't make it, and they ended up flying away. I was pretty sad about that one. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into uh, what we're going to talk about today, balancing life and hunting. Uh, so, like I said, Jeremy and I connected over Instagram. Uh, we kind of just checked in with each other every once in a while and said, hey, this is how part of my season's going. This is how, you know, back and forth. Um, and uh, was it about a two, three weeks ago, I actually connected with you because you had said that you were getting off Instagram for a while, which mm-hmm. periodically, I think we all kind of want to jump off social media just because it sometimes becomes a blur and yeah. it sometimes becomes more work than it's worth. I think it's like, well, I mean, some of these relationships, that's great, but, you know, posting all the time becomes kind of a pain in the butt. So you kind of said you were going to jump off Instagram. Yeah. Um, now to kind of not to get too far to this topic, but basically it boiled down to he wanted to balance his life uh, between hunting and the rest of his life that was going on. And to kind of preference this uh, before we get too far into the topic, uh, we do want to kind of preference this for new hunters. Now, for anybody that's hunted for a long time, you understand the time it takes to hunt. Now, for us as creators, not only do we have to hunt, try to be successful, but also try to film the success, mm-hmm. which adds in a whole new avenue and a whole, <laughs> a whole level of hunting. You know, most hunters during right now, they'd just be sitting at home or training their dog or whatever. But yeah. for us, we're sitting here spending time doing a podcast, which is, we enjoy it. And yeah. that's, that's totally um, a positive thing. But like I said, it is a time commitment. It does take up time uh, for new, for new hunters. You know, some of the things you're thinking of is you're going to be hunting, scouting, you're going to have gear maintenance, 
dog training if you have a dog. For me, truck maintenance, landowner relations, and habitat management. In my opinion, the thing that you probably, for you, for sure, and for anybody that's hunting, I think that for you especially, you scout more than anybody I know. That's how, for anybody that knows, Jeremy's successful, and the reason he's successful and the thing he does is he's on public land majority of the time. Mm-hmm. So if you can be successful on public land in a lot of ways, and most people would say this for sure, is that, man, you really go above and beyond everyone else because you are not only competing against animals that don't want to do what you want to do, but now you have to compete against animals that have been hunted by other mm-hmm. you know, human beings, which... Is a pain in itself, yeah, plus it them be, possibly yeah. getting there too. Yeah. So, you know, for a, say like a turkey scenario, most turkey hunters, and I'm not trying to put down turkey hunters, but walk a few hundred yards from where they, you know, stop, get on some private land, walk over, sit in a tree line, and mm-hmm. they probably know where the turkeys are on. So it's just kind of done from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the thing is, you know, so if you've got, and I kind of did the math. So you and I, you know, for me, I hunt from like September for early September until like about April, I think is when we finish up snow goose. And really I could turkey hunt. I just haven't this year because I've been lazy, but <laughs> that's mostly because I've been trying to get all the podcasts going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, trying to get all that going, I think I might go out. I don't, I still haven't decided yet or not. But, uh, you know, doing the math, so seven months, so I would count between September through April, a couple of weeks missing out of uh, September and April. You know, you got about seven months, so that's probably, what, 56 hunting days? I would, somewhere around there, so seven. Yeah, it'd be about 56 hunting days with, ev- with both Saturday and Sunday included. Yeah, if you just do Saturday and Sunday, but then you got the people that yeah. hunt during the week. I mean, for instance... Uh, I'd have to look back, but we did. I think with everything, I hunted around 40 days last year. I think I, yeah. I know waterfowl-wise, um, we came out with like 26 or 27 videos this fall. Gotcha. And our deer hunting this year was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> About the, at that, we could do a whole podcast on our deer season this year. <laughs> Uh, so if you take that in consideration, that's the thing is you take hunting. So, f- you know, 40 days, a lot of time with that. Uh, yet, And the big thing is scouting. I would probably say for one hunting day, I probably scouted at least two or three days prior to that. Cause like you kind of said something to me, like you scout a lot or you know where a lot of birds are at during duck season. I would say I doubled the amount of scouting during like Canada goose season. I always know where geese is, but the area we live in, one, it's hard to get on geese. Two, geese are not something that I have gotten full-blown into because it's it's pricey. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's so much easier to be a duck hunter. And even saying that, duck hunting is expensive. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, scouting is huge. Yeah. Uh, That is what I tell everybody that I talk to about hunting. And I've tried to tell my friends, my friends, actually, we got, a, we had some issues this year because 
I am the only one that really scouts for the group yeah. sometimes, which I'm not blasting any of my friends that are probably listening to this, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, Terrell. Yeah, Terrell, <laughs> Micah, all those people. That's why the but, turkey didn't go to you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was all <laughs> my hard work. <laughs> but, um, and that just, that came from experience. The very first year that I, like, full-blown dove into duck hunting, um, I had lost the people in my group that had taught me, and the first year after them, I just hunted one spot, a public land spot. I just said, all right, every time I want to go hunting, I'm going to get up early and hunt this spot. Yeah. I blew that spot out fast. I mean, I had three or four really, really good hunts, and the rest of the season was bad. And the next season, I was like, actually, the person that I watched a lot, which anyone who duck hunts knows his name, is Outdoor Limits. Yeah. And um, he is, I mean, he scouts four or five days before, yeah. like, finding a place to hunt sometimes, especially in the late season when he knows he can hunt geese and the uh, mallards in the field. Yeah, he loves that stuff, and he'll scout for days before he goes on a hunt. And I went, I'm just gonna start doing that. As soon as I did that, I mean, you lose a couple hunts if you are being persistent about hunting, but you're going from, hey, I shot one duck today, to, well, hey, I shot four or five ducks today, or hey, we all shot three or four ducks today. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's worth it. I recommend it to anyone. You know, for a new hunter, and I had a similar experience. My big thing is, is that that new hunter that gets into the sport, they look at scouting as a negative thing. They're thinking, I'm looking for something, but I'm not, I'm not going to be able to shoot something. And so there's like a negative persona on new hunters thinking, I'm just, I'd rather be hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, would you rather have a quality hunt or quantity amount of hunts? And for me, I, I like quality hunts and maybe it's just because I'm getting older and wiser, yeah. but, uh. I think everybody's different, but for me personally, and I think a lot of growth between being a, you know, first year new hunter, scouting really becomes an enjoyment thing. I I personally enjoy scouting. Well, and once, once, once you see the reward of scouting, yeah, your desire to go scouting is like much higher. Yeah. And I, I absolutely understand like new hunters don't want to do that. I deal with that a lot because um, about 90% of the people that I've hunted with in the past three or four years haven't been hunting for more than three or four years. I mean, yeah. so they're really new hunters, but, and they get stuck in that. I don't want to go scout. Now part of that's cause I scout, but don't be afraid to go scout. Um, like the reward is much higher, especially if you can find that honey hole that nobody knows about like what we hunted last year, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, nobody knew about that spot. No. I mean, there might have been people in there at some point, but it's so far back in there, and driving around that in the daylight, I wouldn't have known there was water in there. I had, like, I had no idea nothing was, I didn't know there was, there was anything there until I pulled up, I was just trying to find the water, because mm-hmm. I knew it, it had been pumped, and I saw some wings flashing. Yeah because they were so pushed back in there in that dark green stuff that I couldn't even see them from the road. Mm-hmm. I had to walk probably a good 500 yards till I even saw the wings flashing. Had to walk probably another two, 300 yards to really get a good look at them. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing I had to say, like for our opening weekend of duck season, big duck season this year, and this is another reason to scout, the game in parks, whether you live in Nebraska, Kansas, 
other states, popular states, unpopular states. They have a different plan for each of their marshes each year. I mean, one of my favorite all-time marshes hasn't been pumped in the last two years because they're doing stuff to it. So I've had to find new marshes. And where we hunted opening day, I the Friday before opening day, I was like, all right, I'm going to go scout all day pretty much, find the spot. I pulled up to that spot at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, couldn't really see the water, and I just saw about 60 pintails dump into it. I was like, this is a spot I'd never hunted before because the last few times I'd driven by it, it was dry. They didn't do anything with it, but this year they pumped it, and I was like, well, I'll go look at it. And it was a fantastic spot that made for a really good opening weekend. And if I had had not gone, would have never, one, found the spot to be valuable, and two, would have never found that hunt. Yeah, for sure. So you're thinking of, we're kind of roundabout talking about time commitment. So you're thinking just roundabout. So I hunted for us 40 days, say this whole year. I probably scouted, I would say at least... 60 to 80 days that would apply to that so you're thinking i've got 120 days wrapped up in this don't get me wrong i my life in a lot of ways revolves around hunting and waterfowl hunting and so i make a a much big much bigger time commitment than majority of people i would say 80 percent of people don't make this big time commitment but to be honest the amount of time commitment you put forth on scouting and all the things you're doing it's going to contribute to your success. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm getting at with all of this is it's about how much of a lifestyle you want to make. And that makes a big difference. Now, when you ask yourself, holy crap, like how does this guy balance his life with 120 (laughs) days just roundabout? So let's just go around. 100 days of his year is contributed to hunting. And that doesn't include some of the, a lot of the off season stuff I do, but that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but I've got all this time wrapped up. Okay. So balancing your work, let's, let's jump on to the next one. Balancing your work with hunting. Now for me personally, I, and I think there's a lot of guys like this that have jobs that are flexible enough to know, okay, I can go out and scout in the evenings or I can, you know, I think a lot of guys are that hunt or contractors, mm-hmm. farmers, uh, like deal with, you know, a lot of the things that are able to be somewhat flexible or sometimes part of the year flex or are flexible. Mm-hmm. But I, there are a lot of guys that I know that work nine to five as well. And so this isn't different from them either. So it's about balancing your work with hunting. Now, just as a general question, what, what would you say is the best recommendation for balancing your life and hunting or work and hunting, excuse me? Uh, determine how much you want to hunt is where I would like to start with. Yeah. And I mean, if there's a career path that allows you to do that, um, or it allows you to hunt as much as you want. I mean, for instance, I am a contract, like I work in construction, I'm a painter. Yeah. Um, luckily for us, usually the fall and the winter is the, not the busiest part of the year. Yeah. Um wasn't that way this year but (laughs) hey hey, it happens and you know um i mean if you are a person who's going to get stuck in a nine to five job which there's nothing wrong with that either a save up your vacation days so you can take trips that are going to be like 
well-timed, high-impact places, whether you're staying in your state or going somewhere else. Um, keep those vacation days, at least some for hunting. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on your situation in life, keep some of them so you can keep the other people in your life happy so that <laughs> you can go on those vacations. But <laughs> For sure. Uh, and then if you're, like I said, if you're the 9 to 5, try and find somebody in your group that is dedicated to that. And keep that person happy <laughs> because if they decide I don't want you to hunt with me anymore, well, you gotta wing it. <laughs> trail, this is for you. <laughs> well, you. Trail, trail, trail works with me, so oh, okay. Um, he he does get pretty lucky. Um, you owe him a case of beer, Trail. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but for sure, I think it boils down to how much of investment you want to make into hunting. I mean, I've got a brother-in-law, Drake. And he, he wants to go into engineering. And I told him, like, I've talked to him about my job and some of the flexibilities with my job. And, uh, he always gives me crap about it. Like, Oh, like, or even my, or Shay. So Shay, unfortunately she's not on the podcast tonight cause she's out taking some photos for faithful images. If you're looking for some photos here in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, check out her social medias, just a little plug, a little plug. <laughs> That was for you, baby. Love you. Hopefully she lets me go hunting more cows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sweeten it up. <laughs> yeah. But he was, you know, he they give me crap, especially Shay, because she's in nursing. She's like, you know, you're you know, you you're out and about. And, like, so I I, I travel for work. Um, so I've got guys that are, I've got contractors that I oversee or see. Um, I'm an outside salesman, so I can travel from, like, southern nebraska clerp to farther northern so i like i cover a lot of area just driving normally and so i obviously i'm always has my eyes up but they they give me crap because she's like well i gotta i gotta ask to go pee and you're just out and about all the time it's like well that's my job but i'm successful in my job because i work hard but also i'm able to have a job that is flexible enough to make that work and so you know if you're a new hunter and maybe you're in high school you may want to think about if you really love this or love hunting enough, maybe you start thinking, well, maybe I do want a different job. <laughs> That's not a nine to five. And then, like you said, there's nothing wrong with a nine to five either. So no, there's not. And to all my, all the high school and college people out there, do not ignore your grades. I'm not saying that, but I will tell Absolutely. you right now when I was, I spent two years at a college, a local college around here and if you are smart and you look at your schedule, you can make it so you can find time to hunt. I had it so for several semesters, particularly the fall semester, <laughs> because that's when I needed it the most. Yeah. I had Tuesday and Thursday off until about 2 o'clock. You can go hunting if you make that kind of time, yep. but do not forget about school. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to get that job so you can have money to go hunting. Even though it might suck that you can't go as much in college, but if yeah. you're good with time management, you can make it happen. I'm just saying for anybody out there that's just kind of determining their career path, I can tell you for right now, the Omaha and Lincoln Union and pretty much any electrician in the area needs somebody. So if you want to make like 20 to 40 or $50 an hour, depending on how much experience and getting into it or whatnot, that's just a whole other conversation. So yeah, but unions really 
my buddy was in a union for a little bit here. Um, if you want to be a hunter and you it's it's a contracting job you would like, join a union. Honestly, they really like for electricians and stuff like that. Yeah. You get... Now, don't get me in trouble because some of my contractors are not union and they'd probably be heartbroken. <laughs> I said something, but... Uh, so that kind of finished up balancing um, work and hunting. It's It really boils down to investment, but also keep some common sense about you because if you are gone too much or you abuse it too much, then you get fired. And I don't want you to lose your job and say, Big Red Hunters told me to go hunting and I also his plan. remember that you have bills. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to put food on your table and you have to stay in your house. Hunting is fun. But not being homeless is probably better. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want your wife to beat you. Yeah. Sorry, Shay. She beats me all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, balance, the next one is balancing uh, relationships with hunting. Now, I wish Shay was here. Unfortunately, she's on a photo shoot. But uh, this would be a big one for couples. Couples... Uh, there's a joke that goes around a stereotype that hunting season, Shay always says about us is that she thinks she's almost like I'm a farmer because as soon as fall hits, I'm just, Mm -hmm. now she does go hunting with me. So that really helps that scenario. But for a lot, for a lot of couples that, that is, you know, that's just the normal part of their lifestyle is the husband just kind of disappears. So how do you balance lot or your relationship with hunting or your relationships in general, friendships, relationships. Cause I, I've got a buddy for me that just like hit me up like last week. We're supposed to actually, I think we're supposed to hang out tomorrow. Um, I haven't really hung out with him because well, I've, I've been hunting yeah. and he doesn't hunt. So just around about balancing relationships with hunting. So I'll start with friends. Um, best advice I can say about friends. Get them hunting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> find people that have, I mean, friends are friends for a reason. They're people that you're going to have common interests with usually. Um, all of my friends, for the most part, hunt, have interests in hunting, like to fish or will shoot guns. Um, oh, Sorry. Not guns. We don't say guns here. You never know who's listening. Some pew pews. Yeah, some freedom senders. <laughs> um, but I, that's when it comes to friends, that's all I can say is, especially as you get older, that's what's going to happen anyways. You're going to bond with people that have closer interests. Um, and yeah. so if you like to hunt, find people who like to hunt. I'm not saying ignore everyone else. Um, if you have important people already in your life, um, so for those kind of people, just set some time around, like go out to dinner with people. I mean, you're not hunting after dark yeah. unless you're a really bad person, but, uh, relationships. Um, first of all, I had to say, I hate the stereotype of it's hunting season. You're on the back burner. I don't, I'll see you in May or June or whenever. Yeah hunting season's over and that i think you know jump in there friendships like if you if you don't have somebody that it can is around that wants to take you hunting or have 
friendships and hunting. There's a few different things that you can do to connect with people. I think social media, like we said, is a great positive platform. Try to find somebody on a Facebook forum. Uh, maybe you see or find somebody in a Ducks Unlimited if you're looking at waterfowl hunting or was it Rocky Mountain Mountain Elk Foundations for maybe elk hunting? Cousins forever. There's there's so many groups that you could reach out to, and I'm sure there's somebody in that group that would at least point you in the right direction of somebody. Even Nebraska, Nebraska's got a massive uh, bringing new hunters in kind of program. Um, there's information on the Game and Park site. They do drawings for people. If you're a new hunter or an experienced hunter looking for people to take hunting, um, I mean. They have a huge program for that, for actually fishing and hunting. Yeah. So you can find information on that all over. Um, and social media, I agree. I mean, I think I think I have three, like three pretty good friends this year just from meeting people hunting. Because I've got, uh, I met you, of course. I've got Jordan from Good Life Outdoorsman. Uh, check him out on YouTube and Facebook and all that jazz. And then uh, Brad from Real Fresh Catch. I've met all of you guys on social media, all great guys. And I've hunted with you and fished with you guys. And so I, you know, a lot of people think that don't, you know, reach out to social media people. Why not? But well, I would say if, if it's a huge account and it's somebody that isn't pretty well known, I'm going to be honest, they're probably not going to say anything back to you. Yeah. And don't like, if you want to reach out to somebody, don't be like hesitant hesitant but also it's hard it's the hard do i come on super strong or yeah. not like i mean yeah i've i've met several people over social media i have kind of been one of those people that is like hey i always put it out there if people want information or want to go hunting just let me know i mean i've hunted with you uh, i've talked to jordan a few times yep. we, we couldn't ever make anything work unfortunately this last season um and I've hunted with Matt from High Prairie a couple times and gone fishing with him a few times. Matt is that one that, like, you can't go on strong. He's a super nice dude, but he likes to do his own thing sometimes. He's a, he's a solo guy. Yeah, I, which I don't have a problem with that. I've done lots of solo hunting and fishing in my life, and sometimes you just need it. Some people are just that way. Also, I mean, it helps that when you live on opposite sides of the state, <laughs> it's kind of hard to, like, great, create a connection, but... Social media is a great place to meet people like that. Um, That's probably another big topic, but if you're somebody that is reaching out to somebody on social media, I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but try to find a way to provide value. You know, like, hey, I would love to go hunting with you. If you don't know what you're doing, you know, you can say that. But if you're somebody that's kind of a new hunter, say, hey, would you want to go hunting with me and we can go kind of in this area or let's figure something out and scout together. It's not just... Hey, can I go hunting with you? Biggest thing I can say, ask for tips. I mean, yeah. there's lots of people, like, I've had plenty of people ask me for tips. Yeah. And maybe I haven't been like, yeah, let's go hunting. But I have had times, like, with us scouting where it's like, yeah, let's figure out something. Let's go hunting together. Yeah. Um, I would start with, like, a, just start with tips. Asking for something. Don't be like, hey, I know that spot you're hunting. Where, like, yeah. how do I hunt it? How do I get in there? Like, I know where you're at, but you know, don't be too aggressive. You, like, <laughs> be aggressive in a sense, like, if you're looking for new people. But especially in the hunting and fishing world, everybody's so protective of their stuff. So you don't want to, like, of their places, of their spots. Yeah. So you don't want to be just, like, overbearing. So, I like, I always ask for tips, you know. 
Yeah, that's one great way for sure on friendships. Um, we kind of touched on it, but relationships. Now you were saying um, basically that you don't like that guys just disappear. That's the stereotype. I I hate it. I actually despise <laughs> it. Um, and now part of that comes from the fact that I'm, I, I'm a little bit of a sappy dude. I, I yeah. Like when I'm with somebody, I, I I like to be with them. Yeah. And all I can say is, first thing I can say is find somebody who at least accepts that you hunt. Yeah. Whether they hunt with you or not, I've been with people who do. I've been with people who don't. But I've always been with somebody who accepts it, and that is probably the most important step um like they got to see that it's important to you and that it's something that you want to do but you have to come back to them in your free time so like if you're somebody that only hunts the weekends well the weekends is where you're generally spending time with your significant other as well because you've worked all week you may not have time if you get up and go hunting in the morning whether saturday or sunday it does not matter or both days don't come home and take a nap unless your significant other is like, yeah, let's take a nap. I'm tired too. Yeah. Don't ignore them. Um, pay attention to them. Take them out to dinner. Make them dinner. Get them involved whenever you have time so that when you do go hunting, they're not totally mad at you. I mean, yeah. uh, from a guy's perspective, and it's not, I'm not bashing women at all, but women like to spend time with you. Like, most of them do at least. Yeah. There are some that are like, I could leave or take it. They're just totally introverted. But you can't ignore them or you're going to lose them very fast. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, so all I can say is don't forget about your women. I mean, if you're putting a good amount of money into your hunting stuff, save some money for that woman because, like, I mean, and I'm just talking purely from a, a dating yeah. I mean, it, it, it should go into marriage as well, and I obviously can't say anything about that. Yeah. But don't ignore them. I hate that people do. I just... I had a I had an interesting... So I would call myself, and I've, you know, I've talked about this on social media, is there's a lot of guys that are... Uh, that have the possibility or are a re-engaged hunter. What I mean by that is there's a, a big... There's a, there's a lot of guys and women that hunted either when they were kids or in high school, went to college and started their career and didn't hunt for a while. Mm -hmm. I was that way. I went to school, didn't hunt. I, I should take that back. Maybe I hunted once or twice a year with my dad when I went yeah. home for Christmas break. So when I finally got out, started my career, and had some money to go hunting, that's when I started hunting. Now it kind of started in... I hunted with my buddy a couple of times one year and then it went from zero to like a hundred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that was like third or fourth year I was dating, uh, Shay, now my wife. Um, I went from zero to a hundred and she did not understand. She did not understand what it meant to me and like what it was about. And like that created a whole explosion of problem that, uh, it took a while to work through. Now, I would say the most important part of hunting and relationships is communication. Obviously. I mean, that's the biggest so, part of a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Communicating. For sure. <laughs> um, and it really depends on the person you're with. Now, for Shay and I, like, 
it depends on the expectation level of time that they want from you on your weekends, and it really depends on how flexible they are. And I don't mean that in a good way or a bad way. It just depends on the person and their personality. Some people just, they they want more of your time. Mm-hmm. That's just natural, and that's a relationship, and that's a decision you're going to have to make in your relationship if you want to be married to that person. Now, she didn't understand it because we spent majority of our time together. I went from that, spending majority of my time with her, to now I'm gone, like, majority of the days on the weekend. Yeah. That didn't go over so well. (laughs) (laughs) She was not happy about that. And rightfully, I can understand. So there's a few things I would say to ease that, like, that tension. Number one, communicate on how long and when you're going to be hunting. Because if they can, for them, depending on the person you're with, like for Shay, she likes to plan. She mm-hmm. likes to plan ahead. So if she knows that I'm going to be hunting on an October morning, I'm going to be hunting, and I'm going to get home at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. She knows, and I, I'm i that guy that likes to take a nap after hunting, so sorry, yeah, I, sorry. I am too, but... Uh. <laughs> um, so I, like, I usually take my nap, two hours, I get up, I get around, and then the whole evening I spend with her. She understands that. Uh, now, that's normally, depending on how a Saturday goes, I sometimes I like to get home early and then just go straight to the tailgate with her because she loves that. But like you said, it's about communicating with them and then also, okay, I did something for me. Now I'm going to love up on you So because it eases that tension because then she knows that she's still valued, mm-hmm. that person. And so communication, setting expectation to... Take some take some days out of your hunting season for your wife. Yeah, the other word I was going to use was compromise. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're like if especially if you want to be with somebody long term. Um, yeah. If you miss a weekend, you miss a weekend. I mean, so I, uh, here's a good story for you. It was goose season. I, I want to say, actually, I remember this. It was the day before Christmas Eve. So her family is pretty big on Christmas Eve. They mm-hmm. all get together and on you know do the Christmas Eve thing. That that the evening before, no, actually it was two evenings before. I was out scouting for geese. Found a, I want to say boatload. Mm-hmm. Say it a nicer way, <laughs> a <laughs> boatload of geese on this field, and it was the specs were mixed mixed in, but unfortunately they were out of season. But they were. I was out scouting and I was hoping to hunt them the day before Christmas Eve with the guys. But it didn't work out. We couldn't get in there. The guys, it just didn't work out. So those guys went in, my buddies went in there, and I think they shot like 15 or 20 of them Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. I, uh, the expectation is with our group is that you, you scout sometimes, and then if the other guys can hunt, they go hunt. It's all good. We've all been there to where we can't get in there and go hunt. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. So that's another conversation itself. But I had to compromise giving up that hunt to be able to spend time with her family because I know that that's very important to her. I needed to be there. Boom. I, you know, make a hard line stance with the buddies and say, I'm sorry. I, you guys hunt it. You guys, you guys have at it. Send me pictures. I want to see it. I'm excited for you guys, but I can't go. You might as well take holidays important dates to the relationship or birthdays throw them out the window just don't even plan anything on them i mean because 
It's hard. It really is. Like, I, yeah, there's you, days you want to hunt. You got but. time off. Um, I mean, like this last Thanksgiving, I always hunt the days around Thanksgiving because we basically take the whole week off, yada, yada. Or like with rifle season, I took the whole week off pretty yeah. much for rifle season. Got back. I spent a lot of time with my significant other. And then over Thanksgiving, like I hunted only one day, maybe two days over that whole, you know, Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. Because I had plans with her or family. You've got family and significant others around the holidays should still be important. If you can find time to hunt, if you can find time to hunt, go for it. But don't don't neglect the people in your life. And that's kind of what we're getting to in this whole podcast is balancing your life and hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, hunting is very important. We see it as a lifestyle. We love it. We love doing it. But remember that you have family and friends that are just equally as important. So being able to balance your lifestyle of hunting and your life. Now to finish up kind of what uh, the balancing relationships, for me what I've found is really a positive thing is that you can get your significant other hunting. And that's a big reason on why Shay's a part of the podcast is because, you know, at that point when I said, okay, I'm going from zero to 100 hunting, one of the ways that kind of compromised and eased that tension is I started taking her hunting. Mm-hmm. The One of the big things when you take your significant other hunting is they really, they can understand why you love it so much. Because one of the biggest problems is when... They see you hunting all the time. The way they see it is a negative thing. They think, oh, he loves that more than he loves me. That's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. Now, if they can understand, like, me personally, I come home happier and at peace after I get done hunting. Mm -hmm. And that's funny because I'm getting up at 3 a.m., I'm pulling out to a marsh, I'm doing all this work and headache, but, yeah, I come home happy. Yeah. So now when they understand that and they – Sit, they step back and they say, if I let him go hunting, he's going to come home happy. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to enjoy my relationship more with him. So when they understand that level and it's a positive thing, then they're much more likely to let you go hunting. Yeah. And it also includes taking them hunting and then maybe they enjoy it and you do it as a, you know, as a family or a couple. Yeah. And if you've got a, a girl or even in the odd case, I, would, I shouldn't say odd. In the case that it's a female that really likes to hunt, you've got a boyfriend that doesn't like to hunt a whole lot. But if you're taking them and they don't love, love it, don't force it upon them. But we go back to the whole scouting conversation. Take them scouting. Yeah, 95% yeah. of the time you are riding around in the vehicle talking with your significant other, growing with that person. If you're going to be doing a lot of scouting and hunting, Find that time. That is a great time. If they are available, take them whenever. I mean, maybe not early in the morning. Some people don't like to get up early in the morning consistently. But if you're going in the evening after work, take them. I mean, chances are they probably want to go with you anyways because they want to be around you. If they want to be around you, go get food, go get their favorite drinks, something. Go scout. The big ticket. The big ticket here is he said her favorite food or beverage yes. there's more days that shay has or shay has enjoyed going with me scouting or doing something guess what i do buy starbucks take her she is happy as a clam yep 
she's out there and there there's a lot of times where she'll even so she'll either edit photos for faithful images or she'll you know before she didn't end collects questions sometimes they just have stuff on their laptop but it's it's really boils down to yeah you could be sitting at home laying on the couch and they're watching tv or the phone but why can't you take them with their phone and go scouting? Well, you get to enjoy something. You're still together. Yeah. And, they're, you know, they're doing what they enjoy too. So. Yeah. I mean, if you make it a little bit about them, you're, you're both winning in yeah. the situation. The only not win is you're wasting gas. But, you know, <laughs> you're going to do that anyways if you're going scouting or hunting. For sure. So let's jump to our last topic here. Um, this is more of a spiritual-based conversation. Uh, Jeremy and I are both Christians, and we both have kind of worked through this conversation together. But uh, So if you're you're not real spiritual, just know that we respect all religions and viewpoints, but this is our worldview. This is where we come from. So we're going to discuss something that is balancing life and hunting, and a big part of balancing life for us is balancing our Christian life, our relationship with Christ, um, and balancing that with hunting. Um, now this kind of comes into context with going to church. Now we're going to deal with kind of like a Saturday, Sunday church situation. So just know if, you know, you have another religion, we respect that you may have religious day. So this can come into context for you, but we are going to deal with this, uh, this conversation. So just a heads up, um, this kind of came in, um, and we both have kind of dealt with it is that, you know, your majority of your time that you can invest is a weekend, Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Saturday or Sunday, depending on what church you go to, that's your church day. Mm-hmm. So you can either choose to not duck hunt, which is really enjoyable that you love, or you can um, go duck hunting, which both are very valuable. So I'm going to let you take it off. <laughs> well, this uh this is the main aspect of the topic that I was waiting for. So yeah. like he said, if you're uncomfortable, I won't, I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable here. I'm just going to share all my views on this. I will start out by saying the reason that I walked away from social media for the last, it's been about a little over a month um, is because of some personal things in my life that revolve around God and hunting. I love to hunt. I mean, there's a reason that my, Page is Huntfish365. I have, for the last five years of my life, wanted to do it every single day. I allowed it to get in front of my relationship with God. For a little more context, he uh, Hunter talked about Sabbath or uh, Saturday Sunday. I'm a Seventh Day Adventist in particular. I believe in going to church on Saturday. And if I'm real honest, in the last two or three years in particular haven't done a whole lot of going to church yeah oh yeah (laughs) and uh it has gotten me in some trouble (laughs) (laughs) lately um and i don't know what i would think the the big takeoff here is there's two things and discussing two things i think that balancing your relationship with your significant other because uh putting it in context with a christian we uh, biblically, we want to marry a Christian because they have the same mm-hmm. worldview. Now, in that context, God wants to see you as one, especially if you're married, as one attending church and then being a part of the community or fellowship. Now, the way that fellowship looks like, that's kind of where we we have differing views, and that's okay. But then there's also the relationship with Christ. Now, what he's kind of talking about is 
balancing your spiritual life, meaning hunting beca- can become an idol. Meaning mm-hmm. on social media, everybody wants to post pile pics, seem successful. They they want people to want what they have. Yeah. I, and I, I personally have dealt with that. Um, now, for put into context, for me, when we when I first started with bigger hunters and really got it going, that I, I'm just gonna be frank. I wanted to be big. I wanted people to look at me and say, "Oh, like that guy hunts all the time. He's awesome. I want to go hunting with him." And that, guess what? When you run into a Canada goose season, 1920, where you hunt for two months solid are scouting three times a week plus hunting and you shoot less than 50 50 geese in a group, guess what? That comes crumbling down. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have it, your life and your acceptance in Christ and he's your basis and foundation, and your foundation is I want people like me or think I'm cool, guess what? That is completely destroyed. It's just gone. And next thing you know, you kind of look around at yourself and you're like, what am I living for? Mm -hmm. And so balancing that, and having an aspect of having your life rooted in Christ, that kind of boils down to, number one, where's your life with Christ? And that's what you do daily. And then two is church, where you where you spend time at. And then three, <laughs> balancing your spiritual life with your, your significant other. Because uh, this kind of where we got into it is that uh, Shay and I really came to a halt, I don't know, a couple of years ago with being she was frustrated that we didn't go to church enough and we finally compromised to say during season i will go to church once a month i will give up that day Mm -hmm. now i try to give up extra than that depending on where i'm at in the season especially like november and like early december it's around here gets pretty slow so i try to give up more time when there's not as many birds around but where i mean for you our where 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 have you been and where do you plan to go and kind of where do you want to compromise at this next season so i uh i totally understand the social media yeah i got i mean and that's why i'm where i am today Um, i literally went full dive into instagram youtube which for about the last year kind of have been living alive if you will like you know living on a dream if you will yeah so much that i walked away from god and i always i always said that like hey you know i should really like maybe we should do worship before sunrise um start the day with god um i didn't have a great personal relationship even with god during the week and um basically became one of those christians that was just like I pray for my food. (laughs) And if I remember, I pray when I wake up in the morning and before I go to bed. And um, then some stuff happened in my life. And uh, I'm having this real huge come back to God moment. Realized one big word that has always come to me and has been in my head for a long time, but I've ignored. I I definitely felt like God has been speaking to me about this, but I just was so hung on to hunting and social media that i ignored it social media is fun youtube is fun i like the memories but it became work and over god i mean if you're like there's a real fine line in everybody's mind about hunting on whatever day saturday or sunday um is it work and some people even make some arguments for fishing yeah miss me on fishing completely but um 
hunting in particular, especially duck hunters, you go out early in the morning, you set decoys, you make a blind, you are in ways working. Um, and then to add social media aspects on that, trying to create a dream that in this society everybody hopes is profitable at some point. That's what I was running into and I totally walked away from God. I was believed in God, but I was not with God. I didn't have a personal relationship with God. And uh, so because of some of the things that happened in my life in the last two months, I realized that um, I need to come back to God. And actually going forward right now, I don't, I don't believe that anybody and everybody who hunts on Saturday or Sunday is going to go to hell. Yeah. Um, I think the most important aspect of it is having a solid personal relationship with God. But as Christians, we are also called to gather and worship with others, yeah. whether that's believers or non-believers. I mean, we are supposed to spread the word of God as well. Um, but for me, I realized that I allowed hunting to be so important. And even though I talked about trying to bring God into it, I never did it. So this turkey season, because um, all of the stuff that's happened happened right before turkey season for me and made me really start thinking about my relationship with God, I made this decision that um, I uh, wasn't going to hunt on Saturday anymore. And there's been even some things that since I've made that decision that when I've walked into church on those days instead of going hunting has helped me a whole lot. I mean, the first weekend of turkey season i wanted to go really really bad felt called to go to church talked about the ten commandments and everything and um keeping the sabbath holy and really showed me how far i'd walked away from god because of hunting and so going forward right now which as a person that loves to hunt constantly now god has helped me a lot in that i like to hunt still and i like to fish too but the outdoors are kind of numb yeah, in a way for me still. And, um, well, I think it boils down to like you're worshiping the creation, not the creator. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of where you'd gotten to the point at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just was more interested in what was happening around me and not what was happening above and in my own heart. Yeah. And I don't want that anymore. Um, and so like as of right now i don't i don't hunt on saturdays at all and uh, we got about a month left of turkey season here in nebraska and i'm not i've already got one turkey i don't even know if i'll i mean i I keep telling my cousin i'll go with him but he he to go shoot another one of his turkeys (laughs) i mean i'm not 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 gonna take my shot (laughs) i mean you can't just go empty handed yeah yeah (laughs) But um, he keeps bailing on me anyway. So. <laughs> but so like for the rest of May, I'm not going on Saturdays and it's going to be a long summer uh, in ways. Yeah. I mean, growing my relationship with God, I mean, which has grown in some crazy, crazy ways and just a little bit of time with this whole uh, realization for me. Um yeah. I I really don't know if I'll hunt on Saturdays again, which there's there's a lot of people. You could talk to a lot of people that would say, you're crazy. 
When are you going to find time to go hunting? And I made these excuses. Uh, I Two excuses that I've made for the last four or five years of my life. Um, if I don't go hunting on Saturday, I'll never have time to go hunting. And on top of that, hunting is where I have always felt closest to God, which can be true. Yeah. I think, and, and my dad feels really strongly about this, and I do as well myself. Um, spending time in nature is an awesome way to connect with God if you're connecting with God. Yeah. Um, which is hard because you're there and you want to hunt and you want to make it all about the hunt. But start your morning with worship. Yeah. Pray. Be thankful for your harvest. You know, be happy. Like, enjoy what's happening, but also be grateful that God gave you the opportunity to do it. Um, and don't lose sight of that. I mean, that's ultimately what I, what I lost sight of. Yeah. I think for me, I, you know, you definitely took a more direct approach to this. I have been much more stubborn about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shay definitely had to kind of force me back into church. There's definitely some background to that that I won't get into, but... Um, for me personally, I think the biggest place I, the one word that comes to mind for me is intentionality. You can either decide to be intentional about bringing God into your hunting or you're, like I said, you're worshiping the creation, not the creator. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, and he kind of touched on this too, like worshiping in the morning. What are you doing in and this this boils down to the all of your life. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to bring God into every aspect of your life? How is He? How are you being intentional on bringing Him into your life? Because you could be mowing, you could be at work, you could be driving around. Well, guess what? God's always there. God wants to talk to us. He so, wants to hear from us. So, like, you're driving, scouting, listen mm-hmm. to a podcast, yeah, or listen to a podcast, or you know, reading the Bible. And that, that's what I'm, that for me, and I, I, I understand where he's coming from with the, the church thing, and it is correct. I think that I personally, I struggle with that, and that's just a personal struggle on philosophy, um, but it's in the Bible. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just clear. We, but, we, we all like to say that it's not there, and yeah. we like to try and ignore it, but it is there. It is there. Read Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> like, so we all had screwed, but we struggle with well do i just kind of gray out the area so and that's where i struggle with now what am i doing to be intentional in going hunting i've tried to do a few things to kind of uh how do i say this say the gray gray area is okay now a few things that i can that i do is number one i try to be bring god into each part of what i'm doing with hunting especially Mm -hmm. scouting is huge because you're alone a lot Mm -hmm. two um I try to, before each hunt, pray with me or with the group. Um, that way, it just kind of sets the tone, sets the intention of where the hunt's at and where we, you know, want to be safe and all that other stuff. But uh, three, you know, hunting in in a lot of ways, like we said, we connect with people on social media. We connect with people in the field. A Hunting provides a platform like any other. Mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, how many guys or how many people have you been around or even your family that have gotten to like super deep issues in the field because you're sitting there doing nothing else, you're separated from everybody, and you can actually sit down and have a conversation with someone? I can't tell you how many times I've seen laughter, 
tears, anger in the field because you are with the people that matter to you the most. Absolutely. And you are having heart-to-heart moments with them generally and even some really goofy moments. But like, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're talking like if you've got an opportunity, share the word essentially. I mean, yeah. you are with people and generally if you're sur- surrounding people that have same in, same interests, like everyone in my life that I hunt with, to think about this everyone yeah everyone that i hunt with and have been around a lot they are christians as well they have their own struggles they have their own beliefs talk like you have i mean especially duck hunters you get out there so early and you sit there yeah <laughs> how many times have you been in the marsh where you're like eh, it's 4 30 <laughs> we got two hours until shooting light yeah. And you just on your phone. Yeah. Not really doing anything or you're talking about something that doesn't matter. And I always wanted to try and do worships in the morning while hunting. But and this has been part of my walk with God. I had because I was so far from God in my own life, I was afraid to talk about God even with the closest people in my life. Yeah. Not because I didn't believe but because I was so unsure in my own life that I was, like, afraid of it. Yeah. And we shouldn't be afraid of that. Absolutely not. Like, you should not be afraid to talk. Or you shouldn't say things about God and your relationship with God and then be like, man, I feel weird saying that. Yeah. And you have such a perfect and golden opportunity sitting in a marsh in a tree stand, a blind, with friends, to talk about God. Yeah. I mean, just bring it, make it part of it. And it's hard. And that's the thing is, like, I've had buddies, and I've had hunting buddies that are Christian that they were going through struggles in the background that I didn't even know. These are guys that I hunt with on a weekly basis. And I don't even, like, you know what's going on, but you don't know what's going on in their heart. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's men that are out there that are so good at shielding where they are, my, you know, in their mental state or emotional state, that because it's hunting and because they're enjoying themselves, they mask it. And you don't know the issues going on behind it. And so being able to get down in the nitty-gritty and be intentional with your friends, and that, I mean, it boils down to you could do that with any part of your life. Mm-hmm. But it, it gives you a special privilege because you're sitting in a duck blind or sitting out in a marsh and you're just away. Mm-hmm. You're away from all the headache. And so... That really, I mean, it boils down to if you're intentional, in my, I mean, in my opinion, I'd, being intentional really can make a huge difference on where your heart is when you're hunting, and that helps me to balance my spiritual life and going hunting. Mm-hmm. Now, totally understand some of the excuses that we, we try to say is, you know, I, you, like you said, you can go hunting uh, your church is hunting because you enjoy it and it gets you away and gives you peace. But, I mean, it boils down to you can have fellowship in the field, absolutely, but where's that fellowship at? And for me, oh man, I, I can't remember. I texted you the verse, but basically wherever two Christians are, oh, you can have the church there. It's Matthew. I think that, you want know, to say like Matthew, like 24 or something, but um, wherever two Christians are, the Holy Spirit is there, which means you can connect connect with God, connect with each other, and have fellowship there. Absolutely. But I think that you're right. And, it, I mean, Isaiah 58 is just clear as day that you need to 
take a day away from God or to to worship God. And so I think that everyone I think everyone struggles with that just because of it's a it's more of a time factor, but I think the just like in every other thing that we've talked about today, balancing work, relationships and spiritual life, it boils down to where are you going to put your investment? Yeah. Where are you going to put your time investment and how does that how does that play out? And it boils down to even though hunting is a lifestyle for us, it's still a hobby. Yeah. And, and unless you are able to make the full-blown jump into it's your lifestyle and it's where your income comes from, yeah. It has to be a hobby still. I mean, yeah, the social media and the filming aspect of it, unless you can make something out of it, it's got to be a hobby and I mean, obviously, I think we're two great examples of that. Yeah. It it can it can get gray sometimes. Yeah. Where you are eventually, and I know you've talked about some where like some of the future of what you want for Big Red, and um, you're kind of trying not to look at that aspect of making money as much anymore. Yeah. Because it's it's just not it's becoming too much, and that's absolute. I feel the same way. I mean, well, that's the other thing too is looking forward and having a family mm-hmm. i and i love content creating and i will continue to do that to provide value but you know trying to make the money aspect it just takes so much time and so yeah it does, like some of the stuff i do for you know say like our gear on biggerandhunters.com it does it does kick back into what i do and it provides some extra cash for hunting yeah but you know it, it at this point it's like where yeah, I have a career. That's my career. And if it's not, this is not going to become a career, it's going to be a hobby. Yeah. And if it's a hobby, guess what? God's the most important. Mm-hmm. And it becomes family. Absolutely. And then your job's got to provide a, an income for my family. I was, was going to touch on that. <laughs> it, like, it, when you're looking at your hunting life, always remember God first, family second. Make sure you're having an income. And then everything can come after that. If you look at any of those aspects in your life and realize that hunting is overtaking them, you need to step back and reevaluate what you are doing, figure out how to change it. I mean, big thing, obviously, if you're letting hunting hunting become more important than God, you need to spend some time with God and figure (laughs) that out. Get your butt back in church. Uh, if you've got a relationship, friends, or significant other, that if you look at it at the end of the day and go, man, is hunting worth losing these people in my life? Either A, you need to find friends that want to hunt with you, or find a significant other that supports you in it, or realize that that person's more important than going hunting as much as you possibly can. Because especially with the relationships, at the end of the day, you're going to have a family if you stick it out with that person more than likely. Yeah. And you, you throw kids in a mix and you, hunting is just, I had this conversation with my dad. Yep. Kids and hunting, just, <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to hunt as much as you would like. Uh, yeah. I'd, and it, that, it's, that barrel's looking down at you right now because I'm sure you guys are probably closer to that than. Yeah, I. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> Every, I saw my dad this weekend and he was like 
So, because <laughs> he's them grandkids. <laughs> well, he's getting. I mean, he's probably three years from retirement. So he's like, okay. so clock's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> and oh boy, and, oh boy, kids and hunting is probably another topic. But oh. uh, <laughs> you could break everything down that we just talked about and make like eight different podcasts. I Absolutely, mean, we were just doing a general overview, which I know it was probably a long podcast for a general <laughs> overview, but. <laughs> Uh, but let's uh let's wrap it up uh the thing i'd like to do to finish this up um just remember if you, anything out of this podcast bouncing life and hunting just remember faith first two your relationships with family three work and then you know put hunting in there it boils down to compromising uh whatever the higher priority that takes the priority and if you can fit hunting around it awesome mm-hmm. that's great but uh, hunting is something to be enjoyed in, uh, and when you can. Yeah. When you can. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, to finish out this podcast, uh, go ahead and, Jeremy, if you want to chat out your stuff real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, I like I said in the podcast, I've stepped away from social media a little bit, but I am thinking about coming back at some point. Um, so all I do is Instagram and YouTube. Huntfish365 for both of them. Have kind of debated changing the name up a little bit with this new view on life, but um, for the moment, that's where you can find me. And I will also say just at the end of this, if, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this that's struggling, um, I'm not perfect, but go ahead, shoot me a message. I'll have a conversation with you. Talk about God. Talk about how to deal with relationships if you want a bigger bigger view on this than what we went over here i'll gladly talk to people i'm a absolutely i'm a person who likes to communicate and i want to see people have success in their life and in the field so yeah for sure no and that's the podcast is really about sharing our experience so uh i would regret if i said didn't say it but uh jeremy and i hold, hold the value that jesus christ came down as God and man, fully God, fully man, came to die on the cross for us, was raised three days, and was died and rose again for you and your sins. Uh, sins are anything that we do against wrong against God. You can find that in the Bible, Ten Commandments, all the things he said. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me or him. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you come saved, because life and everything that we value is no importance compared to Jesus Christ and your relationship with him. It that that hole in your heart of not being able to finish that limit and just being frustrated. We felt it and the only person that's going to be able to fill that void is Jesus and his love. So that's uh that's what I have to finish up. Um I'm going to pray for us, get out of here and we're going to wrap this thing up. So Jesus Christ, thank you for this uh beautiful day and this awesome conversation just help us to remember that you are the first priority and that we first need to listen to you and your word uh just help us to be intentional in all things in our life to have you a part of it and to uh to have a relationship with you uh just forgive us in our downfalls and the way we struggle uh just help keep reminding us that you are the most important and uh appreciate uh, my relationship here with jeremy so in jesus name Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening to Bigger Hunters podcast. 
Uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this one. Uh, check us out at Bigger at Hunters on Instagram and Facebook. We did just create a Bigger at Hunters uh, podcast group. Go ahead and jump into there and like. Uh, and then to finish up, we do have uh, Bigger at Hunters on YouTube. We got some of our hunts. So, all right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks again. Have a good night.